there, and welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. This is episode 211, and we have a special guest. Just before the holiday season begins, we're having a former society editor tell us about what it takes to be the A-list guest that everyone wants to invite. In other words, how to be a great guest. And I know that you're going to really get so much value out of this because probably like me, most social events, you'd rather stay home, but when you go, you end up having a great time. The thing with social events is they carry a lot of risks because you don't know if you're going to know people, you don't know if you're going to like them, and you don't know if it's going to be worth it. So we have all these risks in our minds, but there's always a reward. So we can talk to our guest today, Mr. Giardinelli, about maybe assessing that risk. But I would say generally, anytime, if you go with the right attitude, you're going to come back with dividends in your pocket. I mean, the benefits of going to a social event, first you're going to get food and drink. Usually it's pretty good quality. I like to learn things from people. And the things that you learn at a party are things that you're usually not going to learn anywhere else. In fact, my husband met the husband of my friend through a book club for men. And then we came to be really close friends. This has been like at least three years ago. And they're very involved in local politics. We like them and trust them so much that every time we have local elections, she tells me who to vote for. And I vote for that person with full confidence because I'm not gonna take the time to research, but she does. And she tells me this person is good because of blah, 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 blah. So I learned that because of a social encounter. But you learn all kinds of things like what's going on in your town. You may learn things about other industries, what's going on, economics. It's all kinds of things. And you get ideas, you know, you learn that somebody is doing this, like how some people are celebrating their kids' birthdays. You may get ideas for a child's birthday, for a travel, finding out where other people travel. So you really learn things that you're not gonna learn any other way. And you do make interesting friends. It's really good. If you're not being invited, we're also going to ask ask Mr. Giardinelli, how do we get invited to more social events? Probably he's going to tell us to actually give more social events. So folks, I am so excited. I'm bringing you this guest that transcends all categories. He just told me that he was a gala or gala nerd. So I told him that we were all nerds. So we're all going to have so much fun learning from Mr. Rob Giardinelli, who is from Austin, Texas. Welcome to the show, Rob. And tell us about yourself. Tell us about your journey from technology sales. You're talking to a lot of people who actually work in technology and to becoming a social person. (laughs) Well, first, thank you so much for having me, Laura. And so my journey coming into the gala world was, you know, I was doing at the time when I met my husband and my husband has done luxury publications for about 20 years. I was in the technology space and I had met him and I'll never forget the very first thing I went to. He was like, you need to dust off your tux. And of course I did not own one being in tech because who in tech owns a tuxedo? No tech person I know does. So it was kind of a good jumping into the deep end kind of inflection point with that. But I have always been a social person and I'm one of those people that I almost got a minor in sociology without trying. You know, it was one of those, you know, they were like, you know, it was my last semester and I was like, you know, I don't want to overload on coursework. So no, I'm not going to take that fifth sociology class. So I've always been fascinated with people and technology, while it's a great field, you know, you're relying on 
other things to be done for you. And one of those things, frankly, is communication. And one of the things that I realized, and for about five years, I was doing tech sales during the day, and I had a regional slash global role. So I had the Americas, EMEA, sometimes even Asia. But then I would come home, and then I would go do galas on the weekends. It was very Energizer Bunny. And after about five years of that, I was like, okay, this isn't tenable anymore, so I've got to pick one. And the interesting thing was the last year I was in tech, doing social events in the tech industry got really challenging for me because I had been by that point several years of seeing the world's best entertainers really throw successful events. And the more I was in tech events, it was like I never understood why I was at something or what the objectives were, what the goals were. You know, the conversation was really kind of boring and very one-dimensional. and You really didn't get to see the whole aspect of a person. And that's kind of what got me out of tech and into the publishing and, you know, social chronicling space full time. That is such an interesting career pivot. I love that. And I think that when we do career pivots, or we have other areas of expertise. It just brings such a unique and powerful viewpoint and tools and frameworks to the new business. You know, like you're coming from tech into social, you're going to understand the people of technology and the way they think and certain systems thinking, and you're applying that to the gala world. I think that is fascinating. And by the way, everybody, you can't see Rob. He looks fantastic. He has a very spiffy dinner jacket. And what you don't know, unless you've been a guest on this show, is that when I send them the calendar invite, it says black tie optional. (laughs) (laughs) Rob is the first person to take me up on it, though. (laughs) It's very good. That's, of course, my way of don't be boring. And I want to bring that attitude and feeling of black tie optional. So you are talking to a lot of people who either work in technology companies or in the IT world of say banks or finance people. Why should they be going to events anyway? Well, it's even beyond networking. Really, the reason that galas to me are so important, it really is one of the few spaces where you get to see all sorts of segments of a community within a single space. And I think there's a misconception out there that galas are just a bunch of really rich people in fancy clothes doing frivolous things. Yeah, that's what I thought. (laughs) Absolutely not the case. I mean, you see these organizations raising one, two, I've even been the ones that have raised $10 million in a night. And that doesn't happen if people are just frivolous and wearing pretty clothes. That's a lot of money, especially if there is a nonprofit or a cause or something that ties to your heart. Get involved with it because you get to meet people you would never meet otherwise, one. But two, the ancillary benefit is you do get to network. You do get to get dialed in within your community. And you do get to see people in other industries. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years is there's plenty of people who do make career switches because they've met people at Gala's. And they strike up friendships with somebody. And there's a lot of people who are investors. There's a lot of people in finance that go to those things. There's a lot of people in real estate that go to galas. There's all kinds of people from all kinds of different professions. So you may not think that you have the right skill set, but someone may come up to you and be like, you know what, you'd be perfect for this startup that I'm doing. And I would love for you to 
run the finances, you know, be the CEO, whatever it is based on your experiences. But it all happens because one, you show up and two, you're putting yourself out there and you're integrating yourself, not just from a networking perspective, but more importantly, from a community perspective. And people get to see you as a community leader. Oh, I love that. So I never really thought about that. Attending these galas and meeting these people that, yes, you're absolutely right. You're never going to meet such a diversity of people from the people working the event to the big donors and everybody in between. I think that is such a great call out. I want to know, like, for the people that have never been to a big, big, these are big events, how to work that in, or should we go next with Rob, guys, has these party personality types. So I'm dying to know if I'm the most nerd who would rather be washing dishes or if there's some level in between. Anyway, go for both of those. Absolutely. So there's three. And I've got a workshop coming up where I'm going to talk about this. It's 12 ways to be a great party guest. And really the thing that we do to anchor people in there is understanding that there's really three from my experience, and I've gone to about 2,000 different things at this point, Whoa! there's really three personality types. And that way, it makes it less overwhelming. And I gave every single one of them a C-level title so that people feel like a party boss, so that people feel empowered when they go in. And there's the CEO, the COO, and the CFO. So the CEO is going to be that I guess what you could say, for lack of a better term, is the party stereotype. It's the extrovert who commands the room, that holds court, that has a bunch of people around them. Right. Then there's the COO, and the COO is what I like to call an introverted extrovert. So they've got personalities of both. And while a CEO is going to work the room, a COO is going to manage the room. Anyone who goes to a party should definitely have some objectives. And an introverted extrovert is probably going to be like, you know what? I want to be able to do these few things. I want to, you know, network with these people, but I also want to try the food out. But I also, I don't want to stay from the second the party starts until the second the party ends. They're able to kind of manage the room and manage the expectations and people around them. And then the third type is more of the introvert, which is what I call the CFO. And a CFO is going to analyze, an introvert's going to analyze the room, and they're going to go to where there's the least amount of risk. They're going to be the ones who kind of want to ease into a party. So understanding your party personality type is really important, but it's also really important, especially if you're in a relationship or if you're going with a plus one, that you understand the other person's party personality type. I've seen lots of couples get into fights because one party personality type doesn't understand the other. You know, an introvert may want to leave long before the extrovert does. But if the couple is on the same page and communicating well, that way they at least understand each other and they can create a game plan and a roadmap of how they want to engage that event, when they want to leave and all those other things that go into it. Oh, this is so helpful. So are you a COO? I am very much a COO. Yeah, me too. And I see now, I mean, this rings so much clarity to the guest, because I, as a COO, my strategy is to look for CFOs who are look a little bit awkward or lost, and I go and talk to them. That's my go-to strategy. But you talked about goals. So I thought of, you know, well, I should go see what happens, see who I meet, have a good time. Like, what kind of goals are you talking about? So goals can be anything from you're going to a party and someone makes legendary holiday cookies. 
and you just want to get, you want to make sure that you get your two or three cookies. Like it can be something that simple. And that really helps, especially if you're more of an introvert to kind of have a goal and something in mind and a reason to look forward to going. Because especially with introverts, they may not look forward to going to something. So it's fine what gives you joy in that space if you've gone before. Because if you're going back, yes, you may be going because your spouse or, you know, or significant other wants to. But you also, if you really didn't want to go, you just tell them, go by yourself. So you on some level want to go for some reason. So finding kind of more... I would say non-human goals, you know, always mix human goals, even if you're an, an introvert, mix human goals. But if you're an extrovert, it may be that, you know, you may not want to hold court the whole time. And it may be, you know what, I'm going to go up and introduce myself to new people instead of having everyone come to me. So any type of party personality type, if you come in with goals, it allows you to work the muscles mm-hmm. the social muscles that you need to work to better round yourself out. And every party personality type can do that work, regardless of who they are. I love that. And for those of you listening, you know, I know you. So I want to tell you, (laughs) if somebody is inviting you to a party, you do not have permission to stay home. You just go, go for a limited time. If your spouse or partner wants to stay longer, take an Uber home, but you never know what you're going to miss. And I promise you, the parties that you don't go to are the best ones. So do not miss out on that opportunity. Even if you're tired, you'll get energy when you walk into that room and just come up with a goal. It could be like to, you know, talk to three people and then call a day, but at least you saw it and you talked to those three people and maybe something really good can happen at these events. So here's another strategy I see and I've done is that I go with somebody who is a CEO, but then... I sometimes get tired of just kind of hanging on to them and enjoying their conversation. So what do you suggest for not being stuck to your partner all evening? That's a good question. And, you know, my husband is a CEO type, so he is the one that holds court and commands the room. And there's lots of ways that you can do that. One way is if you're both need a refresh of a drink, you go and get the drink. You're going to be in line. You're going to talk to other people. And it may take you a little bit of time to come oh, back. Okay. But you can go and you can mingle with some other folks mm-hmm. and not be, you know, not be around there with them. And if you're in a room where you know enough people, odds are, especially if you're in a group, that's a perfect way to kind of split up. So if someone kind of comes up and there's like six of you, you can pair off. And then that way you can tilt your back kind of towards who you're there with and talk with that individual person. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've done that and looked and I have no idea where my husband went. Like, and I'm like, (laughs) okay, he's somewhere in the ether. I don't know where that is, but I'm sure he's having fun. And then that way, especially if you're a CEO type, you may wind up just, I'm like, how does, how did Lance get over there in 45 seconds and be in another conversation. Like, I mean, I've seen him do that. And I'm like, how do you do that? So that's a really easy way to do it is, especially if you're in a larger group, do that and be the one that's going to go get an hors d'oeuvre or go get a drink. And that way, especially if you're not the CEO, that gives you kind of a break too. Right. You know, because even if you're a COO, that can be a lot of overstimulation. So you want that balance of social, but you also kind of know when to say when, when you're a COO. Right. You don't want to just melt <laughs> from, <laughs> exactly. from overload. You need, to, you need to break. So so what is the difference then between a mediocre, meh party guest and a great party guest? So a great party guest wants to be there. 
mm-hmm. and they show up for the host. So they're going to do everything from bringing a host gift to being the person that's really mingling. One thing that I love to do is if I know that a party has a photographer, mm-hmm. I will always find that photographer and take a photo. And especially like at a gala, there may be kind of like a red carpet or a step and repeat. I don't usually take a photo there. Where I will usually get a photo from a photographer is when I'm mingling in the crowd because the party host will see that. And really, especially if it's a party you really want to go to, the thing is, is that if that person's throwing that party each year, the guest list changes. And the guest list changes because... That person's going to make new friends, may join new organizations, may get a new... That list is always rotating. So if you want to stay on the list, you need to kind of mingle. And you know, if the host is going through the photos that the photographer sent them and they see you with someone that they would have never thought they'd see you with, they're like, okay, this person showed up. They met this person. I never would have put them mm-hmm. as having a conversation together. And they see that you're bringing value to the party because you're mingling, you're introducing yourself to new people. And I think attire is extremely important as, oh, as, yes, yes. as you know, I, I came in black tie and black tie optional. <laughs> to me, your attire shows that you want to be there. And it really, it's a physical reflection of how you show up. And in my opinion, if a party host is putting all the effort into hosting a party, they're inviting you into their home, they're giving you food for free, they're giving you drinks for free, they're giving you all these things. To me, I can't think of anything to show them more respect than to show up as the best version of myself and showing that I put effort into coming here. And when a party host sees that, they're going to be much more inclined invite you back the next time than if you just show up in a t-shirt and flip-flops right, right. and i've seen that happen and i've also seen when those people do that a lot of times they do not get invited back the next year yeah i love the attire put extra effort into it you should look up raw because he is definitely a spiffy dresser if you want some help with that i bet he has some tips but I want to go back to the photographer thing okay. <laughs> because, well, I mean, anybody who's on social media themselves, the need for photographs is just infinite. So do you just ask the photographer, hey, would you mind taking a picture of me? It's a mix of both. And this is one of the reasons why what you wear is so important. Oh. If you're wearing something really nice, the party host is probably saying, or if it's an organization with a gala, they want to find the people who have really turned it out and really want to be there to showcase how great this organization is or how great this party is. So yes, sometimes we'll see a photographer come by and I'll say, you know, would you mind taking a photo of us? Other times they will come up, especially if you're in a group that's kind of mixed. Like I was in a photo recently where there was kind of an up and coming philanthropic couple in their probably late thirties, one who's been around the scene for a really long time in their seventies and us. And we were all chatting and the photographer came up and said, can we take a photo of all of you? And we were like, of course. And we went ahead and did so. But it all came because we all showed up All six of us showed up. All six of us acted like we wanted to be there because we did want to be there. And photographers, they're visual people. They want to pick up on that. And this is probably the one place where I'm not the ideal guest, but a lot of times, and again, it's the nature of what I do. If a photographer is taking a photo of us, I may hand them my phone and say, could you snap one more really quick for us? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. usually when I do that, the other people around will be like, can you text that to me? And it's like, sure. And you go Uh ahead and do that. 
Oh, okay. So you don't get a copy of the one from the camera, but you ask the photographer to use your phone to take a picture. Absolutely. Just because that's proprietary to that, and especially with a lot of galas and nonprofits, a lot of them will use those photos for marketing purposes oh, right, for the right. next gala or other, or frankly, other things that the organization's doing. Oh my gosh. So audience, people listening, like, I hope you're taking note. You're getting key insight into the elite social world. And Rob is sharing how we can show up and be part of the A-list. And the big part of that is just dressing up, right? And you can find a tux at Goodwill. I mean, if it's in good shape, you don't need to bring the price tag. And I will tell you, I get more compliments on the things that I wear that I own from Zara than custom things that I own. Oh, So <laughs> it's really interesting. And I will say, you know, because winter's coming up, Yes. For the male listeners, this may be a bit much. Wear velvet because I've never worn a velvet dinner jacket to an event and not had at least one person pet my arm <laughs> over ah! the course of the evening because they're like, oh, it's so soft. Let me feel. But there's a warmth and invitingness to that, mm-hmm. especially yes. in the winter of, you know, you're giving yourself a different texture. All the velvet things I've found, people think they're these thousand dollar things. Every single one of the ones I've bought, and I own three or four of them, I paid under $100 for. Whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, my husband has a black velvet blazer, so I will tell him we're going to bring that Find out a few more. The- yeah, find <laughs> a few more. Absolutely. Wow, Rob, you're just bringing so much value. I'm looking at my notes. So many questions. So, okay, they have one specific that happens to me, and I know it happens to some other people, but I don't know if it happens to everybody. And that is... Let's say I'm talking to Bob. Hi, Bob. So where are you from? Oh, I'm from Charleston. But he doesn't come back with another question. He just answers like, oh, yeah, I'm from X town. Oh, that's great. Um, So how long have you been here in this town? Oh, like seven years. And then, oh, and it feels like an interrogation because they don't yeah. come back. Like what? what is going on there? I mean, that happens to me frequently too. Does it? Okay. A, a lot of it is just ask more open-ended questions. So start with, tell me about, or oh. tell me more, you know, tell me what you love about living in Charleston, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to going to the next thing, which is, well, how long have you lived here? Right. That right. way you're kind of going deeper. It doesn't feel like an interrogation. You're also saying a statement because it's more of a statement and less of a question. It more implores them to show up more. It doesn't mean that they necessarily will because there are some people that are closed books and frankly probably should have either, you know, declined at the last minute or, (laughs) you know, said my kid was in the hospital, whatever, to get out of it. But, you know, but there are also people that I have found that do the one word answers that tend to be introverts. Right. And And that's uh, where the tell me more. And that's kind of almost like my qualifying question of this person doesn't want to be here to this person's shy. And it may be they're giving a 15 second answer, but I know that they're an introvert and it's just kind of nurturing them. And especially if you're seated next to somebody, it's a really good way to balance talking and listening. When you're really engaged with an introvert, because people do talk a lot about themselves. So it's a good way to really stop and encourage somebody else to talk to you so you can learn something about them. Right. Okay. So for those of you who feel like all you need is the spotlight to shine into their eyes as they give you these one word answers, ask an open 
follow-up question on the same topic to go deeper. Like, why do you love this? What's your favorite part about your job or something like that? Okay, this is very interesting. So what if you meet somebody in an event and you're hitting it off and you're like, I would like to meet this person again, but you don't want to be like a stalker either. So how do you segue whether that person also wants to maybe get together for coffee or something later? Well, if it's professional, because in a party, there's only so deep you can go in a certain topic. I love to connect with you offline. Let's have coffee and have this conversation further. If it's more of a friendship or even of a romantic nature, and I actually really only started doing this post-COVID, is I'll actually hand that person my phone and say, enter your information. That way I know if they're engaged or not. If they say, no, that's okay, you just put your phone back. But that way you're giving kind of equal power because you made the initiation, but they're also making the effort as well to show that it's kind of a two-way engagement because if someone doesn't want to see you, they're probably not going to do that or doesn't want to hear from you again. They probably won't make the effort to type their information into your phone and leave it. And then that way you can text your information back and you have each other's info. And I do want to add, that is how I met my husband was through something like that. So. You never know. So you never do know. And when when I text him, I never thought I'd hear from him again. So you just, you never, ever know. Oh, wow. That is very cool. Really having an open mind. So Rob, what I'm taking away from all of this goodness is that you really want to have goals. You want to have a positive attitude. You want to dress like you want to be there. You want to hang out with the person that you come with, but not maybe exclusively, and how to start some basic conversations, especially if you're talking to an extreme introvert who is just giving you one word answers, and be ready for the photograph. So I want to finish how to be a great guest, and then I want to find out how to get to these parties. If you're, you know, to a bigger party or different parties, or what are your tips for having a more active social life. You have to get involved in your community. First and foremost, when I moved to Austin 20 years ago, I did not know a single person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But it was about being present, showing up, going to places, meeting people. Now, granted, that was kind of before social media apps, so it was probably a little easier then than it would be today. Right. So I was able to do it that way. If I were to do it today, I'd probably find two or three causes that I feel really passionate about, and I'd wind up on event committees for whatever fundraiser. It doesn't have to be the big gala. Lots of organizations will throw smaller things throughout the year. If a cocktail party is more your thing, get involved in something with that, with a cause, because that way you're with like-minded people and you already have something in common. You're all passionate about animals. You're passionate about the arts. You're passionate about helping abuse children, whatever it is. You're passionate about something and there's a kernel to start with when you're in a room with like-minded people. And I recommend that for anyone who's new to a city, that is the easiest way to do that. And if you've lived somewhere your entire life, even with the job that I have, I learned so many new things about the city of Austin every single day. There is an infinite amount that you can learn about your community, whether it's got 2 million people or 20,000 people. There is an infinite amount for you to learn about what's going on there because I assure you, you don't know everything that's going on. Absolutely. That is so good. Yes. And wherever you live, it's got an interesting history. I'm sure you know this, but I will take advantage to share with our audience that If you didn't know, Austin is the original home of Whole Foods, 
And when I was younger and visiting my grandmother in Temple, Texas, we always would make a pilgrimage to Austin <laughs> to go to the Whole Foods there. It was before Whole Foods was everywhere. I have very fond memories of driving her to Whole Foods in Austin. And of course, there's so many things to do in Austin. So what about those of us who want to give parties? Because we're just before the holiday season, distilling from your 2000 party minimum experience. As far as giving a dinner party or a cocktail, do you have any tips on taking it from good to great? Look at your guest list. Oh, I have never in my life been to a good party that did not have a healthy mix of people. Okay. You have to have different perspectives so that people come out learning something new. If it's the same group of people over and over and over again, or the same personality type, like I couldn't imagine anything worse than watching eight extroverts at a dinner party all try to one-up each other. You have to have a mix You know, having eight CEOs at a table, that's tough because they've all got their egos and they want to do that. You've got to have a mix of all the personality types to let the energy breathe. So really the first and the most important thing is making sure that your guest list reflects that. And this may sound controversial, but in my opinion, no one, not even your own spouse should be on the guest list of every single party you throw. Nothing is for everybody. If a friend gets upset that they weren't invited to something, they probably are not as good of or genuine a friend. That's what I found. And I've seen friendships end over that over the years. Never with me, but I've seen other people where that happens. And it's, were you ever really that close of a friend to begin with? Right. If you're going to be that upset about missing one thing that this person did. Right. I love that. I'm also thinking of lunches. Like my husband doesn't go to anything social during the day ever. And I do. (laughs) So that's another example of not going with your partner to every single event. I love that. The mix of people and really having that healthy mix as being like the X factor. And of course, a large party by definition is going to have a good mix of people with a smaller party. You have to be more curated, right? Absolutely. This is what I'll say to introverts that are out there is you may walk in feeling, and I felt this in the beginning too, Like you're the least interesting person in the room. But if there's 50 people in the room, I guarantee you all 49 of those other people do not think you're the most boring person. And conversely, anyone who thinks, even if it's an A-list celebrity, that may not be the most interesting person in the room to everyone. So when you get into a larger number, just remember that. And I think people tend to get overwhelmed by all these people. Just remember that. Right, but before we close... Tell us, let's say I go to a gala without my husband and I walk in, this has happened to me. Like I walk into the room, the ballroom, everybody looks great. Everybody looks like they're having a good time already. And I am like, oh, (laughs) so that's where I go look for my CFO and talk to them. But do you have another like mingling? Yeah. So what I like to do is I'll find the longest bar line. Oh. Oh, great. Because in a lot of hotels, especially if you're in a condensed city, mm-hmm. a lot of times the cell phone reception will not work. So if the cell phone reception isn't working, people can't even be in their phones and you're much more likely to mingle and socialize with them. And 
I'll say anytime I've done it, I say maybe once in all the years I've done it, maybe twice, I've actually exchanged information with that person. But it's a good way to brush up on your social skills. And especially if you're more introverted or not an extrovert, Mm-hmm. It allows you to ease into the party a little bit more. What I would actually recommend is don't show up at peak time. Show up earlier than peak time. Then that way, if you know people that are coming into the room, you can kind of see them as they're arriving and you can talk to them. So a lot of it's a timing thing too. You can automatically feel overwhelmed. You know, if you keep those things in right. the mind, that's part of, you know, when you're creating the goals and such, you know, those are the types of things, you know, to kind of think about. Right. And I think that if you're introverted, especially if you're going by yourself or even if you're not and you go to a big party and I think if you're there an hour and a half, that's good. You know, You've like, done your job. Yes. <laughs> I understand that Anna Wintour, that's the editor of Women's Vogue, for those of you who don't know, that she goes to parties for 20 minutes. Of course, she's got like seven parties a night to go to. I'm Absolutely. But you don't have to stay. Well, and coming out of COVID, there were times where I did do that. I'm much more selective now with what I go to. And, you know, my rule is, is that I try to stay for a minimum of a half an hour or for 25% of the party. Oh, okay. That's a nice rule of thumb for all the data driven people out there. Absolutely. Because (laughs) it's all about data. (laughs) That's, That's what the story is. All right, Rob, so many things. So. I want you to tell us about your course and if there's anything else that I haven't asked you that this audience of their highly conscientious, high performers, people that are adding so much value in their work and very good looking, by the way, very good. Now they're all going to be well-dressed. Um, <laughs> anything else you'd like to share with them? If anybody wants to take your course, like how would they find that? Absolutely. So my course is called 12 Ways to Be a Great Party Guest. So it's my first workshop that I'm doing. So it was my pandemic hobby was how do I take what I've learned and help others with it along the way? Because I basically was thrown in the deep end and I don't want people to feel that way in return. So basically it's a two hour online workshop. It's a mix of my instruction along with some breakout sessions where you get to meet and interact with other people as well. All done via Zoom. It's on November 15th at 12 central. And you can find more information about it on my website, (laughs) diningfordollars.co. Dining for dollars. That was a good name. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's the name of the platform. So there, there's that. And then um, I also have my own podcast called Fun and Fundraising, where I talk with people behind the top nonprofit galas, mostly throughout Texas, because the events I've had on the show have raised anywhere from, I'd say, $300,000 to $10 million. I mean, so it, there's a lot of really good work that a lot of people are doing. And there's really not a place for people to actually go and listen to, you know, what does it take to put on a good event? And the real thing with that is, and this is what I would say with any party guest is don't expect anything to be perfect. Don't expect any event to be perfect. I've never been to a perfect event and you don't have to be a perfect guest. And People get tripped up a lot, like, oh my God, I said one thing out of turn. And I will tell you, I rarely ever remember them. I only remember them if someone makes a really, really, really big deal out of it to the point where it gets on my nerves. Just remember, especially if it's a cocktail party, there are so many moving parts that while it may feel like a big mistake for you, and the first two years I went to things, every time I said something out of turn, I obsessed about it for two days. 
people are going to be really forgiving by and large, not everybody, but by and large, people are going to be really forgiving in that environment. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. I, I remember it. <laughs> I've stuck my foot in the mouth with good intentions, but you know, just being a little bit awkward. Sometimes you just say the wrong thing. And I'm also obsessed about it. And I can still remember that conversation. But I am 100% sure that the two other people that were in that conversation, they don't even remember. They may have thought, why did she say that? But <laughs> But that would be absolutely the most attention, yes. And there's not such thing as a perfect party or guest or speech or anything. It's just be the best you can and bring the best. And I think in each conversation, you can try to leave the other person better off than they were before by showing interest in them and asking good questions. 90% of life is showing up. Once you show up, that's where you work on the last 10% and that's the hardest. So to anyone who's going to a party, you've already got an A walking <laughs> through the door. Yay! You just want to get from an A to an A+. Congratulations, you've got a C-level title when you walk into a party. <laughs> right. You have those things within you and it's all a constant learning. No CEO knows everything at all times. Market conditions change, dynamics change. They are constantly learning. So everyone is constantly learning and just remember that. And like I said earlier, you are never going to be the least interesting person in the room. That's right. And a lot of people listening speak English as their second language. And literally, you're, I can promise you, nobody cares if you have an accent. You know, my husband has a great accent. And sometimes I don't correct him when he says things incorrectly because I find it so amusing the way that he says it. So, you know, if you have an accent, that's, a, that's an asset you're bringing to that party that makes you more interesting. You are so generous. Thank you so much. This has been a fabulous content. And to the people listening, of course, I will tell you, you're welcome. How is this free? How do I do this without ads? I don't even know. It's just that I find my guests so interesting. I love sharing this content with the community. And one thing I wanted to tell you, Rob, that since uh, between the time that we booked this appointment and today, uh, the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast went up in ratings from number three to number two <laughs> for the, yeah in the category of communication skills so i don't know if you that if you have played a role in that i appreciate it, all the good vibes you sent but anyway that i found out yesterday so that's very good news. well congratulations very i mean you're a wonderful interviewer so very well deserved and you know it was awesome chatting with you today likewise so i know that probably you're going to get some people to sign up for your class because we have highly conscientious just people who want to get that A+. Plus. I, <laughs> you were speaking their language. So thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'll catch everyone on the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>